All right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Y'all are not this is ready. Black. Black. But y'all better get ready. Table. Table. Free. Uh. Yeah. Let's go. Black Table Read. We the team to get you focused. Hey. We the hottest. We the baddest. We the boldest. Turn up the volume. It's your people. Yeah, you know this. Young black artists in the fold. Yeah, we own it. Yeah. What's going on, everybody? This is your boy, Mr. King Petty himself. Uh, I'm so excited that we have another opportunity to come at you through the earwaves on Black Table Read. Uh, thank you guys so much for all your support, all you guys listening out there. If you haven't already, please go like us, follow us, share us, whatever you need to do on all social platforms at Black Table Read. And also check us out on all podcast platforms where you can find Black Table Read anytime, season one and season two streaming right now. Uh, big shout out to my sis, my co-pilot, my my homie, my friend, all of the above, uh, the Queen of Shade herself, Miss Lydia. Uh, she is not with us on this episode. Uh, we got some special guests going to come in and help me out today. But Lydia's uh, off doing her thing with After Midnight on the cruise ship. We wish her all the best. We love her. We support her. So big shout out to the Queen of Shade herself. But like any other Black Table Read episode, we're going to get into the Black Top for all of our first-time listeners. This is kind of where we drop all the things that have happened in the headlines over the weekend, today, whatever we can come up with and we can cover it in the Black Top, we're going to cover it. So let's jump into it. So in recent headlines, Ice Cube was in the news. Now, I have this, my mom had this rule growing up that, and this saying that we don't leave money on the table. We don't, meaning we don't leave anything on the table when it comes to negotiation, especially as a performer and an actor and a singer. You know, we just don't leave money on the table. So, but it has been reported that Ice Cube has exited uh, Sony's comedy film, Oh Hell No, uh, which he was starring in with the Mr. Jack Black, uh, and has turned down $9 million. Like, you left $9 million on the floor, sir. Uh, but, like many um, in in the world right now, uh, it's been reported that it is due to declining to get a COVID vaccination. Uh, it was reported that the film uh, was asking that all cast and crew be vaccinated and Ice Cube declined the request and has since left the project, leaving Sony to search for a replacement. Uh, you know, Ice Cube had been promoting uh, a mask to prevent wearing, spreading the coronavirus, uh, where he donated, I think it was a around a thousand face masks to Oakland, uh, Oklahoma college. Uh, but he was also supposed to be starring in, um, a film called Flint strong with Ryan destiny. Uh, but left that one as well. And that happened right before the pandemic. So I'm not sure what happened, but the man left, uh, $9 million on, on, the, on the ground. So uh, anybody looking for somebody to replace, I, I mean, I, I don't know what the role is, but I could definitely take it on for nine million dollars. I'm 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 two shot poppy. I got Moderna in in my bloodstream. So uh, so we'll we'll see how this turns out, uh, who takes over that spot. Um, but Ice Cube said, no, nah, it's a no for me, dog. So uh, what else we got? All right. So uh, for all of my 
Blackish fans, uh, I'm not sure. Hopefully, you know at this point. But this is the final season of Blackish. Uh, I think it'll premiere uh, sometime in early 2022. But for all of my fans, you will be happy to know that our, I'm well, at least my my forever first lady, Miss Michelle Obama, will be guest starring on the series. Um, in 2022 so it's not really said what her role will be um but she'll be a part of the conversations that black blackish will try to tackle this year which include voting the pandemic social justice and i'm pretty sure a bunch of other topics that uh will hit kind of close to home to some of us but i'm excited to see uh, michelle you know if we could get a barack cameo i'd be even happier uh but i mean the her her profile just who she is um definitely matches with what blackish is all about and i think she's been supporting even while uh the obamas were in office so kind of seeing that kind of have a full circle moment i'm pretty sure it's really really dope for you know kenya barris and 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 the entire cast and crew um so shout out look for that in 2022 and then kind of to wrap this up, our black top for the day. So any of my Facebook users, you know, I think hopefully I don't date myself too bad. You know, I'm pushing up on that 30 gang, y'all. <laughs> but one of the cool things uh, I think is that you can always, at least for me, I can always remember when I first got on Facebook and I think it was my freshman year of high school, which was 2000 seven or eight is when I was a freshman and I got on because all my friends you know that I met during during the little pre uh going to high school camp you know all of them were already on Facebook so I got a Facebook to keep up with them and then you know we had all the pokes and the likes and you know so much has changed uh well now we're getting another change so now Facebook or at least the parent company of it will now be called Meta yeah, I didn't I didn't I didn't pick the name either. Uh, I don't know. But uh, what's what's interesting about the announcement more than anything is that now it was announced by Mark Zuckerberg himself that Facebook's going to start s- stepping into more of a virtual connection community, kind of like if you um, ever read or watched the movie uh, Ready Player One. Uh, so very much this kind of virtual immersive uh, VR type of environment where you can create an avatar and right now it's going to be kind of virtual with some type of sensory and then you'll do full body sensory so really they're trying to create this immersive world or whatnot um, so I mean this 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 is kind of kind of interesting I'm, I'm kind of nerding out I'm I'm ready to create me a new avatar you know get that thing get my hair right get you know but uh, I mean we always saw and and saw these things in like movies and tv and and all that. So it's kind of interesting that now these things are becoming more possible. Um, still a little skeptical about the whole thing in general because, you know, they had the had the whistleblower. Um, and so it's like, is this coming out of that to try to save face? Are you changing? So it's a lot of unknowns. Um, from what I remember, Facebook has not really made a lot of ideas on its own. It's kind of gobbled up. Uh, various uh, other entities like Instagram and that kind of thing or taking ideas from like Snapchat and that kind of stuff. So um, we'll see how this works. Um, I, I don't think I'll be one of the first people to test it. So y'all let me know how the uh, 
the metaverse is as, as they would are, are naming it but nonetheless it's innovative it's different it's pushing us further and further into the future which is always cool uh so you know y'all be looking out for that meta change uh, but i'm still rocking with facebook right now so until the name change it's still gonna be facebook for me you named it facebook his mama named it facebook i'm gonna call it facebook hopefully y'all know where that reference is from if not i'm praying for you <laughs> all right guys well that is the black top uh i'm gonna take a quick water break and then i got some two uh amazing 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 friends of mine who are gonna hop on here and we're gonna talk about some things like only the black table read can do so keep it locked and we'll be right back i'll take you be back in a minute Hey, welcome back, guys. Welcome back. Welcome back. This is Black Table Read. I'm your host with the most, Mr. Jerry's Clyde, a.k.a. Mr. King Petty. Uh, and we are ready for the table read. Um, you know, this is just where we talk about our favorite topic that we have for this week. Uh, like I said, Lydia is not here. So I asked some of my brothers to come in and step in uh, for the meantime. So we got my brother, Mr. Jared Brody of Open Canvas Live podcast. And I also got my brother uh, from from way, way back, Mr. Sterling McClary, a.k.a. Mr. Flash Baker. So welcome, guys, to Black Table Read. Thank you all for joining me. Man, what's going on? Thank you for oh, having yeah. me. Oh, yes, yeah. sir. Well, man, so just a heads up, you guys are the very first guest of season three. So... <laughs> oh my god and this is the just gonna drop you know on this. so so this this is this is huge and it's the first all uh guys podcast episode so we're, okay. we're gonna talk about uh some guy centric things history. uh and so so we we doing it big it's season three we we leveling up people uh so just to get us started um i wanted to do an episode uh that talked about this this thing black boy joy you know we hear a lot about it in our culture especially over the past couple years about black boy joy what that means what that looks like uh so we're just gonna dive into it we're gonna dissect it It, i'm pretty sure it's multi-layer uh so let's tap into it i'm gonna first pose a question to both of you guys so as black men what does black boy joy mean to you Mm. wow Um, wow, that's a. Whew, I know I hit. Um, I I I I come with the hard hitting questions. <laughs> that's just to you know we know what it is, but to define it, it's just a whole nother thing. Um, I think it's one of those things where it's like you're finding that that complete. I guess balance would be the lack of a better term, but the balance between peace of mind and happiness, and career and financial stability and spiritual into in in tuneness i guess you know what i mean just being able to be in that good pace of life of every aspect of your life but black (laughs) (laughs) but black (laughs) no it it definitely is one of those things where it's like what exactly does this mean what is it uh (laughs) you know like i said we see it in so many hashtags and so many posts i remember when we did um that that video thing a while ago and i posted us on my facebook and 
uh, one of my sisters was like, oh, look at these black men smiling, love the black boy Joy. And it's like, what exactly does that mean? But then you got to, see, that's you what, know. That's a black boy Joy mean. Like, when I think of black boy Joy, I think of a black man smile because to know the black experience, to 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 know that that, that behind that smile, that man has seen, experienced, and dealt with so much. And still, the magnitude of the power that he possesses to wield his mouth to still smile and present joy. That, to me, is black boy joy. Um, You don't, I mean, all smiles are great because it sends positivity. But to know what it is to live the life of a black man and still, at the end of the day, with all the adversity that you've been faced, you still can smile. That is black boy joy. Yeah, that that like you 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 definitely illustrated it uh, nicely. It's it's one of those things like we all have this like common thread of something, uh, especially being yeah. black in America, especially being black in the South. I mean that that hits a whole different <laughs> whole different level. Um, you right? Because uh, it's it, but but to come into contact with one another and it's like. I see you, you know, you thriving, you you flossing, like it's it's one of those, it like radiates instantaneously uh to mm-hmm. where all of us can feel it. Um it like I I mean it's nothing like being in a room full of like progressive thinking, ever evolving black men and just having a good time and laughing and I mean it's it, it's a beautiful thing. We 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 out here. We changing we changing things. Yes. Yeah. Um but in that um, I guess there there's a question from all the questions that we'll probably try to get into. But why is Black Boy Joy so important in our in our culture? And on the other side, how do we how do we use Black Boy Joy to tackle the conversation of toxic male masculinity, especially in the Black community? Mm. Ah, man, I think that's whew, right. Sorry, y'all. I came ready for the heat. <laughs> no, okay. You know you can't talk to the two. Look, right look. I, I came ready with the heat. It's crazy because <laughs> these are the conversations that we have all oh, the yeah. time. Facts. To be honest, um, but Black Boy Joy is important for us, and it's pivotal because we are the most scrutinized person in the world. Mm, and and people can say that it's the LGBTQ community, and people can say that it's the women, regardless of the color. And people can say that it's the Jews or people can say that it's the Asians or it's the Hispanics Mm -hmm. or it's the black transgender or it's the black people as a Mm -hmm. whole. But if you look at the one person who can never fix his mouth to say anything negative about anybody else is the black man. Mm -hmm. Think about that, guys. A black man is the only person that cannot say anything about a woman because a woman can say something about how a man can Mm -hmm. act. A gay man or a transgender a man or female can say anything they want to about the man, but it can't be vice versa. We are scrutinized and it is important for us to uphold one another and to educate one another. So that way we do not come off as old school, outdated, mis- misogynistic people. Yeah. Beings. No, yeah. You yeah. know what I'm saying? I- it's going it's to take us, us being the different stereotypes and reshaping the stigma of who we are to have those conversations with those people in Mabel TJ yeah. and let them know that a gay nigga is not scared. No. 
Yeah. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? <laughs> and then not every gay man is trying to get yeah. with you. Oh my God. Say it loud <laughs> people the, in the hope. Say it loud in the people. But, in the but you know what? It took me, it took me going into the world because I didn't know yeah. that. As a black man, the gay world was not properly introduced yeah. to me. No, that's accurate. You know what I'm saying? And, but again, at being in reverse, I try to make sure that as the black man who's gained a lot more knowledge, I educate my young yeah. brothers. And I make sure that if I go teach or if I go hang out with my homeboys that they see that not only can they be actual people like they are, you don't have to change up who you are when you hang out with those kinds of yeah. people. Thanks. And I think that's the stigma that happens so many times is that, oh, if I hang out with these gay guys and I'm going to be nope. gay. <laughs> or if I accept so-and-so and so-and-so, then I'm going to be so-and-so no. and so-and-so. You know no, what I mean? It's, 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 it's definitely... Um, it's and I agree with you. I, I, do I believe that, like, the best gift that you can give yourself uh, growing up is a well-rounded knowledge uh, from all perspectives. Yeah. Uh, because if you just if you just stay in your bubble, your way, what do you gain at the end of the day? I remember, and I was literally thinking about this um, probably yesterday. There, I remember. Uh, a friend of mine, uh, she lives up in New York, Blair. We went to Alabama together. And when me and Blair first met, uh, she had like a nose ring or something like that. She was to wear like black combat boots with fishnets and this. And I literally thought Blair was a lesbian just based off of that. Did she just mm. get recently get married? Uh uh-uh, uh. No, no, no. No, the, I, I, no, I don't think Blair. Because no. you saw. You, <laughs> It must be two blares is like that. Oh yeah, <laughs> but you know she was she was like you know this. I I just assumed from my upbringing and what I had kind of been around that Blair was a lesbian, only to find out she wasn't. Uh, and mm-hmm. she she felt so offended uh, by my narrow minded because I think Blair's from like Michigan or something like that. And she was like, "Really, dude? That's that's why you thought?" It's like, look, I was. Young and dumb. I was only like 18, 19. I'm still trying to figure out the world. Um, but then like you jump now. I just did a show with some some uh some friends of mine back in Atlanta before I left, and you know, you start getting nicknames and stuff like that. And so one of the guys, he's a young guy, um, and he started calling me Aunt TJ at our cast party uh because of how I was making my, my chicken salad. And because my favorite, <laughs> my favorite thing to say is "ooh cha, ooh cha, ooh cha." And but I and, and I was the saying that it's popular amongst us gays. I look, you know, <laughs> but the thing is, like, I'm so Chai. comfortable in who I am. It, it, you know, it didn't phase me. I took it on as like a respect kind of thing. Is like we have yeah. that, we have that relationship that you can call me that, and I ain't gonna feel no ways about it. But like, that's my boy. You know, he could he could, he yeah. could call me that. But I think that's where and the you know that's where the black boy joy comes into play. Yeah, like ultimately, yeah. no one's trying to. Uh, I think what you having that self security is what you need. Mm-hmm. Um, you 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 know, no one's trying to compromise that. And also, I will say that just kind of going back to what you said earlier, Sterling, um, and you kind of piggyback this piggybacked on this as well, Jarius. I mean, growing up in you know the South, being black you are taught a very narrow-minded perspective about the LGBTQ. Mm-hmm. And hell, even myself being someone who came into my sexuality at a later age mm-hmm. and, you know, finding myself uh, in these rooms 
where I'm no longer identified as a straight black man and seeing myself gay, there were times where I did feel like I had to navigate. I would say I felt like I had to navigate differently because I didn't want them to think because now that I'm gay, I just want them. Mm. Um, yeah. Cause there's right. so, there's so much more to sexuality period. Like, you know, you don't walk into a room and you see a woman, you automatically want to have sex with her. I mean, I just want a name and a handshake. If, if you know, I just want to say hello. That's all it <laughs> and is. You know? And then sometimes I'm not even bothered with you. Uh, you know? Yeah. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like it, 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 so it was one of those things where it's like, okay, now I'm on this side of the fence. How do I need to move and operate? And honestly, I just try to be, just let people know, at the end of the day, I am who I am. And when it comes to like any kind of attraction, first of all, I hope anybody would think that it takes more than you just being a male for me to be attracted. Yeah. Like, damn, a nigga got some standards, you know? <laughs> right, right. Like, bro, yeah. get, oh, I had to get over myself with that. Like, bro, like, I guess that is true. Like, they can also think I'm ugly. Yeah. yeah <laughs> you know what I'm saying? It's like, a two-edged sword. You get you like, get cute. Get off you get cute one day, you make it ugly the next. You know, you never but, know. But that's the <laughs> but that's the facade that we are taught or that's ingrained to us. It's like, you know, it's almost kind of like gay is seen as like chicken pox. If you get too close, Nikki, you got chicken pox. Or you got gay. <laughs> so, I never thought about it like, like that. I, Dang. But yeah, so I, I understand how that you can you can adopt that perspective. You think I'm like, well, I gotta watch where I go because you know that nigga gay, so he's looking at my genitals on my ass, and it's just no, like, no, I'm no, just just no, here, no. <laughs> just the breathing. Yeah. Um, no, this. So uh, yeah, I, it's, yeah, I get yeah. That. I mean, it's it's definitely one of those. Uh, and I like I said, I think with the lens of of black boy joy. And just how we we come to terms with this new wave. Because I feel like Black Boy Joy is kind of like the overall black man's movement to something more. Uh, you know, kind of like that. Oh, we, we, we've we done with the old age thinking of masculinity, especially as, as black men. You know, we're moving into more of a realm where we're open-minded, we're open feelings, emotions flow very naturally. Um you know, we're having more conversations that may or may not back in the day been more difficult. So I think we're we're kind of using this this vehicle of black boy joy to kind of push us into a whole different atmosphere, which is great. I I love um kind of being a part of that. Um I have a student, he's one of my only black uh male students that I teach piano. I think he's he's six. Uh, and I remember one of our earliest lessons, uh, almost about a year ago, uh, he was getting real frustrated and dude just like started boohoo and crying. Now, me and, me and Sterling definitely, I don't know if, how, you probably had more experiences like this to me, but on on the football field or the or the soccer field, I remember that kind of, that kind of stuff was not tolerated. You better, you uh-huh. better suck it up or something, yeah. you know. I play football, no, so yeah. I know oh y'all. yeah, see that, and so I decided to go a different route with him, and I really just I let him cry, but then we talked about it. You know, we we got into what was going on and why he was frustrated, and he was like, "I can't do." It. I said, "Well, first off, what we're not gonna say is we can't do something, especially if we haven't tried. Like that's just my number one rule. If we're gonna do something, at least we can say we tried. But you saying I can't, and you ain't even tried." No, nah, we can't do that. But it, it was a it was a lesson for me uh, as someone who wants to eventually be a father 
uh, taking these moments to exercise and stretch a little bit more um, for my, you know, my students and whatnot, especially him in a way that's like, I ain't got to be a, I ain't got to be a hard ass to get good results. <laughs> yeah. Honestly, I feel like that's what gets people the results that they're not expecting mm-hmm. is being so difficult and not listening. Yeah. Um, you know, I kind of to go back. So you said something about like, you know, talking to young black boys and letting them know that like, uh, how to, you know, just be yourself, but respect others and stuff like that. Yeah. Um, and I think really just as, you know, as we are growing up and getting older and, you know, possibly wanting to be fathers, I think the best way to just get or to continue to perpetuate black boy joy is just to make sure we do allow for that child to have agency and to know that their perspective is respected. One of the things that um, even for myself, even growing up, like I would say black male or, or even male camaraderie period, especially going through the phase of like, sexual identity mm-hmm. was tough because um i grew up i don't know if a lot of y'all know but i grew up um with uh being domestically abused mm-hmm. uh, I, I did yeah, not know that. that yeah so i was abused for seven years and i didn't know what male love and affection necessarily was i didn't know how to identify it and you know i don't fault my father guy was his soul because hurt people hurt people yeah. so but yeah. the thing is i what i will say about that is interacting with men now it's like a thing where it's like there was a time period where i went like well is this man being kind to me because he's interested or is he or is he just being kind to me because i'm a fucking human being and i deserve to have respect um so i will say that like you preaching that to these young men and i hope you know i try to do that as well that is such a very important thing so they can know that like that person just deserves respect, whether that child is a young queer child or if they're a straight child, they just know that they're it it alleviates so much confusion. Yeah, if they yeah. just have that kind of basis there, it's important because I think for me, Jarius, I work with a lot of uh, middle school, high school, college yeah. kids. That's primarily where I am. So I'm already trying to reshape the stigma as it is anyway, coming in as the choreographer or the dance teacher as the black yeah. guy. Facts. <laughs> you know what I mean? You're right. And so once they, once the kid, because y'all know me, so once the kids spend five, ten minutes with me, they're like, wait, you dance? Mm-hmm. And you do musicals? That'd be the, so that'd be the kicker to, right there when they like... It, it's the kicker every time, bro. And it's going to happen. It's been happening since I started teaching when I was 15 and it still happens yeah. now. So what I try to do is let that be the first icebreaker. Like, yes, bro, you ain't got to sell your soul to be where you mm-hmm. want to be. Right. So, <laughs> you know what you saying? bring me to my one of my next questions. Uh, what is it like for you? And, I, and I'll chime in at a certain point. But what is it like being a black male in the performing arts industry? And do you find Amazing. it difficult uh, at times uh, to be one? Uh, no. Mm. Interesting. <laughs> no, I don't. Here's I don't, Jarius. I have a I have a ball every okay. time. I have a ball because I y'all y'all know yep. me. There are very little things that I don't feel like I can do. Hey, look, well you know you <laughs> so, know. <laughs> so I don't have a problem getting cast in musicals, straight plays, operettas, ballets, mm-hmm. non-dancing musicals, what have you. I think. And I also have friends that even though I may go through a rough patch, 
I, we know the Michael Stiggers of the yeah. world and, 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 and the Christian Magbys of the mm-hmm. world who, who will get in where we come up short. Yeah. Facts. So no, I don't, I don't feel like it's hard for us. I, and I will continue to say every time, I think it's hard for the black men who aren't good. Okay. That's always what's going to happen, guys. We're in a business that was that was built since 1900 for other people. So there's going to be a barricade. There's going to be an obstacle. There's going to be a circumstance. And there's going to be a situ- situation to where they're going to put it up to where they're not going to need us. Or we don't fit the bill. Or we're not the character mm-hmm. type. Or we don't have the skill set. No. Wrong. Because there's a black Elsa. Yeah, <laughs> you're yeah. right. There's a black, there's a black lead on Phantom yeah. now. Black Alphaba, a black Alphaba. Yeah. John Baptiste, rest his soul. Yeah. Like you know what I'm saying? Like, so no, I don't think it's hard. I think it's hard when you're not good, like everybody else. Okay, they can't deny the talent when you, when you, especially when you black. It's hip to be black now. <laughs> Did you say hippity black? <laughs> it, it's hip. It's hip. Oh, to I thought you said black. it's hippity black. black. I was like, that's a different type of black. <laughs> Shut your mouth. But sorry. no, I I think uh, and and I can I guess I can come at it from a from a different vein. Um, and yes. so I, I I do agree. I don't. I think it is it is because I get what you're saying, but I think at times it does be being black even, even as a male to, depending on the avenue and the people producing the shows or the movie or whatever. It's almost like you have to be a certain kind of black man to be to well, to, to 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 be in in certain that. things. I hear that though. To be in certain things, I hear that because though. like even for me, I've gotten to a point, or I got to a point where I was like, well, I'm a uh, multifaceted, hyphened individual black man, but I'm only <laughs> five six, five seven on a good day. You know, I'm not a okay. Height is an issue for you sure. know. I'm not a towering black man. But I got a voice that can sing anybody under the bench if I need to, you know. But and so getting into that, it's like, so am I less desirable because I'm not the same height as my, you know, counterpart? So it just gets into this thing. But it's also another thing that I found, especially when I was doing uh, doing operas, is a lot of times having to unpack or act like you don't see that I'm the only one in the room. And it's yeah. like, you mean Tim? You can find nobody in the, nobody. Like I was, Oof. and it, and and I used to wear it as a badge of like, oh yes, this is honorable. I am one. You know, maybe they see I can do a good job. You know, they'll bring the rest of them in. You know, but I would say that probably is the most difficult thing of it all. Knowing like you, tomorrow. <laughs> look, look. It's like <laughs> I'm like, okay, I'm the only one. But I don't want to be the because then I have to. I remember I did a show back in April, and and I I told the story uh, last last season, uh, where I was doing a show and I'm the only black person in the cast, and I think this is right around the time I got in cast to do Daniel, uh, with um, Jenny T, and we were talking about right. that, and one of the girls asked, she was like, so you know, how are you getting these auditions? I was like, man, because I hustle, like I'm out here, I auditioned and and put myself out there, you know, I'm constantly in somebody's face uh, and so one girl was like well you know Jarius is a male and I said well I, I guess yeah that's a that's a that's a reason so another lady was like and mind you these are all white women 
Uh, and so another lady was like, well, Jairus is talented. I said, well, I appreciate that. You know, I, I try to do what I can. I know my skill set. This older lady goes and says, well, Jairus also is black. And I'm just like, Okay. All right. Did she say it like that, brother? Right. She Did was she like, say well, like, you know, Jerry's also was black. black. I was like, black. I was like, well, I'm gonna just go, <laughs> just go take my black cell phone to my oh, my dressing up. room and <laughs> and get ready for the show. Can I? Can I just say this? Okay. Um, one thing I would say, Sterling, is that what I. What I loved about even when I first met you, Sterling, you the realest nigga I ever met in the <laughs> You are such a nigga. And I'm not going to lie. I'm not from yeah, here. He's not from here. I'm not from Georgia. And That's thing, all it is. And the thing is, it started off when I first met I was like, he is such a nigga. And then I was like, but as I've gotten to know you, as I've gotten older, I was like, he is such a nigga. And I love it. Like, the thing is, I think why Sterling, you, you, like you said, you don't have to change who you are. The beautiful thing about you, Sterling, is that you have such a strong personality mm-hmm. and you knew who the fuck you was mm-hmm. from an early age. I don't know exactly when, but you know uh, who yeah. you was. When I met Sterling, that, 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 that was very apparent. Yeah. <laughs> That's what I'm saying, because like Jarius, Jarius known me since I was since, uh, 12. Yeah, since middle school. Yeah, yeah like nothing could, de- like nothing deters you. And I, and I think that's in this business, in this industry, that's key. you have to know who the fuck you are. Yeah, that's key. Um, because I will say, like, I agree with, I agree with a lot of what you said about, like, you know, you have to just be out there. You don't have to change who, you're, who you are. But what I will say is that um, you can find yourself, depending on how you approach this industry or how you are introduced to it, it could be a psychological mindfuck. And mm-hmm. Jerry's no, was kind of getting into it yeah. a little bit, talking about uh, these white women, uh, talking about him, why he got the show. You know, there's been several times we being few black faces in white spaces mm-hmm. where we either been told that we were meeting a quota or we either, you know, like you, it's not. I know at some point either you've heard it or somebody said that someone said this about you. You may not have been in the room, yeah. but like you got a role and they'd be like, oh, it's because you're black or because you can sing like a black person or because black people sing. Yeah. And it's always something that it's, it's not it. It degrades your talent. Yeah. And, um, you know, I will say, I think just because until I found out who I was, a lot of the, oh, it's because you're black or it's because of this or because of that, or sometimes just the pressures of being the only black face in a white space. Like when I did shows at the Center for Puppetry Arts, I was the youngest and for the most part, the only black puppeteer in those shows. So it's like to take on a new skill, to be the only person there and, you know, Mind you, I love my people, but niggas wasn't looking at puppetry like that. So it's, it was like, look, you found your niche, you know, you found yeah, your niche. And like, you know, but the thing is like, even coming from like a supportive perspective, like it was hard to kind of get people to convince them to be like, hey, you should do puppetry yeah, because they thought that it was a skill that you needed, uh, like you need to go to college for. But in reality, I mean, I was a BA in theater mm-hmm. and all a nigga could do was sing and act before I even start, I got into puppetry. Gotcha. Um, right. But what I will say, yes, uh, to agree with you, Jerry, it is one of those things where you have to just keep putting your face out there. Yeah. Um, but like you said, it's, and also it's I, key. You have, like you said, you have to know who you are. I think that that yeah, that's the you biggest really component. Do. 
Yeah, you really do. And that's one thing I will say, Sterling, I've, ever since I've met you, that nigga know who he is. <laughs> that nigga yeah. ain't changed for nobody. No. When because I, it's always been a situation of being like, I, I, I ain't nobody else. I didn't got in trouble for being yeah. this guy. And I didn't try to be somebody else. And all I felt was I'm in, like I'm holding myself yeah. back. You know what I'm saying? Like I, I try to go into every process that I've ever been in as a yes, sir, no, sir. Yes, ma'am. No, ma'am. Don't do a lot of talking. Like, you know what I'm saying? Cause I tried to yeah. do that with with little princess, Jared, yeah. but Greg was getting on my nerves. <laughs> Yo, that nigga was he wasn't shit. <laughs> he wasn't shit. Like, and he was he was he would be speaking bad to Renee and be miss like, okay, so Jared Jarius, I'll never forget this. He Greg taught everybody the music but the African music. Mm. Come in, is trying to direct us. He's missing the three in one of the mm. measures. Yeah. The music is messing up. Renee doesn't want to correct him. Ricardo doesn't want to correct him. Our female director doesn't want to correct him. I'm standing out here. I've ran this dance now because I got to jump over Jared Brody's head three times now. I'm not doing it again because you missing the three. Mm -hmm. So I just yell out, Jared. I mean, Jared, you you missing the three in the beat. (laughs) And everybody looking at me like, oh, no, Sterling, that's great. He goes, oh, I'm, no, I'm not. I said, yes, you are. And I started banging on my chest, Jared. One, two, three, four, two. I said, play the music. Three, two. And he starts playing. And sure enough, the three is missing. So I stopped banging on my chest. I said, so when y'all figure this out, y'all let me know. And I go to the backstage and I put my shoes on. Nah. That's not me being disrespectful. What that is is you all have seemed to forgot He's not doing what he wants to do, and if it was Renee, mm-hmm. boy, we wouldn't even. She have wouldn't. Argument. Have, she would. We wouldn't have had an argument because you wouldn't have got to teach us with the three missing in the music. Yep. They should have just made her the MD to begin with. If I'm going to be <laughs> honest, but like, because you, I mean, you're not going to. But there's a reason for that, though, too, Jared. There's a reason that. But go ahead. I want you to finish. Oh, no, you're I right. You to know. Listen, we already know what that reason Look. is. Um, do we? Because do we know that it's a half, it's half and half? Cause I, I, that's a part of my, that's a part of the argument that I feel like we never talk mm-hmm. about, my brothers. Is we never talk about what we need to be doing as a community to help reshape our state. Oh, most definitely. Because I'm, I'm still not over what happened at the reckoning. Oh, well, as as a person who wasn't, who Ooh. wasn't at the reckoning because I was working, uh, but from the things that I got, I mean, Oof. yeah, and 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 it's funny because I'm I'm having that situation now, um. Where I'm in a space that is us by us for us apparently, right? Shout out! Ooh, I already know where you (laughs) at too because I didn't heard about Uh, them. And again, it couldn't have. It couldn't have been. No, it it, it, and it and and it's and I've had to because I had this conversation with our cast yesterday. Um, we were we were sitting and talking after the show, and it's been a lot of it's been a lot of things have happened. Um, that I have not had happened ever in a process um and and when i came down here i was i was very much on one of those like i was very much on on this motive of oh i finally get to work with like black people like a full-on black people and i was excited you know i was i was ready to go but then i started noting that there was unpreparedness and communication lacking and just a bunch of stuff that I'm like, whoa, wait a minute, this is not my standard. <laughs> this ain't what this ain't what I do. 
bro. Um, and so yes. I have I have my mother's face. I do. My mom my mom has a face that you if do. She, it don't agree, it's gonna show before she speak. <laughs> uh, <laughs> look, I missed that one. It, it will show before she speak <laughs> that it ain't vibing. And mm-hmm. I had that a couple times, especially doing choreo. Because I know people like Sterling, and because I've worked with um, Broadway uh, choreographers who are also working on Broadway while choreographing my show and maybe another show, I don't have room for any excuse of why you can't do something or why you don't know the music for the show that we're doing. And so I've been holding these... I've been trying to hold these Negroes feet to the fire, so to speak, because if I'm in your show, I have a certain level that I'm trying to bring. I need you to bring it to. So speak. I don't I don't care about you peacocking or talking about what you've done for 30 years. I ain't been in the game that long and people know my work. Let's just put it like that. Speak, sir. But that's what I'm saying. So I agree. We do have to hold ourselves to the same accountability that we during the reckoning, even even post reckoning that we were holding. Uh, white owned and operated theaters and production companies too. And we don't. We don't. And we don't. We we give we give we give Renee a pass. We'll give myself a pass. We'll give Casey a pass. Mm-hmm. We'll give Kevin Harry a pass. Um, and I say these names not because we have specific grievances, but I'm just saying we we will either not give our people the opportunity or snatch the opportunity away from them so quickly yeah. or not support them so yeah. so quickly. You know what I'm saying? where there are theaters or directors that are white owned or, you know what I'm saying? That we will constantly, constantly, constantly give chance after chance to. Like, I would not go to a theater if their checks bounced more than once. Yet y'all would continue to go out there. Uh, But again, Jerry's, there were people that that, that will go to said theater and that's happened Mm -hmm. to them more than once. Yeah. Where if that was a black theater, they would not get another opportunity. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. And and there have been plenty of opportunities where no, 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 we but definitely you, we just know. We just know that there we and, need to start holding ourselves to accountable. And I guess it's like something that and, and I had this experience, like I said, since I've been down here, as a black man who yeah. has a certain reverence about myself i have i have a certain way i am and i like and i've become you know hell i'll be uh 30 next year and i just i'm in a certain mode that just i'm in a whole different mind space um and so right but what i've been cautious about doing a lot of times especially when it comes to trying to build you know your career and your and your your resume and all this kind of stuff not coming off quote unquote aggressive uh, and wow. I and, and that's the question I'm opposed. Why is that a lot of times us speaking up, um, whether we're expe- expressing joy, concern, or anything, is it taken out of context? You know, a lot of times I I I don't raise my voice, like I don't yell yell. I just have an elevated speech and I speak real slow or or something like that. But I'm I'm careful. Yeah. And I, I said this in rehearsal one time. Something was just agitating the crap out of me. And I had this posture that was like, if you didn't know me, you think I was finna fight you. But it was just how I was right. standing. Mm. You know, I got my arms folded. I got a mask on. I kind of have a scowl just because that's my face. 
<laughs> you're yeah, you're yeah. very brawly, my guy. That's kind like, of yeah. you just have a very brawly. But I had deal, to, but like. I had to I had to tell myself, okay, maybe slouch just a little bit. <laughs> Cause I don't no. want these people thinking I'm finna attack this man or this woman, you know. But why why do we have to govern ourselves like like that in such a way that we can't even express joy, comment, you know, think about, you know, all those instances over the past couple of years of people literally just expressing joy and getting cops called on. You know what I'm saying? I well, I think in that situation, like for me, I would real I realized as a theater artist, I was taught that you had to express a certain type of humility or you had to present yourself mm-hmm. in a calm major way. But there's some shit that you are taught that you definitely have to unlearn. And what I've unlearned is that my voice will be heard and I'm not going to silence it for anyone who feels uncomfortable. If you feel uncomfortable, then cool. You're now welcome to how I've been yeah. feeling in this process. And as you get older, you realize that you're not going to compromise your comfort for anybody else anymore. Theater is... This is a business. I paid my debt when I went to school, and that is that. I don't owe theater nothing. Theater don't owe me nothing. I don't owe you nothing. You hired mm-hmm. me to do a job. If you didn't, if you can't accept that, I'm going to speak up if you try to compromise the contract that we agreed upon. And if we don't come to agreement, then I'm a bounce. Like, I will find a place that will acknowledge and appreciate my worth. We as artists, not even just... Uh, theater artists. I think a lot of artists in general. I mean, hell, that's why we have the IOT yeah. strike that's going on right now. We take a lot of shit that we don't need to because we've been told that I don't know that we need to thank the theater gods every day that we get to perform yeah. and tell these stories. No, fuck that. Because now I doubt that anybody in an accounting room is telling an accountant that you need to think the numbers every fucking day for your check. No, these niggas get they get their things yeah. when they get their money. So. That's been my that's been my mentality change. Like I'm not doing shit if it's not within mm-hmm. the price that I require or a compensation I require, or if they try to get buck with me, I get buck with them back. Because to me nowadays, if anything, looking at the news, um, the biggest threat that I see in theater are cis mm. white men. Yeah. Mm. I'm just yeah. Mm. <laughs> just mm. yeah, I mean, like I. I've just learned that, like, again, y'all know me. And like I said, Jerry, you've known me since middle school. I used to talk to Miss Smiley yeah. and Hoffy like this. And it just was like, why? And, 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 yeah. and that's just the me, though. Like, I w- I got in trouble when I went to a juvenile detention center when I was 12 just because I did something yeah. and I didn't ask why. No, that's <laughs> You know what I'm saying? Real. So from that, from that moment forward, if it don't sit well with me, if it doesn't make sense to me, if it's not on the same thought, pra- yeah. po- like, thought process as me, you should. then I'm going to ask you why. You should. And, and and like like I'm not no. going, but no, no. I'm, I'm gonna ask you why, and it, and Early. I'm gonna need you to explain it to me so that way you can get me here, so that way I can better understand and execute what you need me to do. Um, but I got morals and principles, my nigga, and 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 ain't nobody. I'm not I'm not no. I'm not altering those for nobody. Facts. We was in I was in company uh, at in the high school, and we used to have rehearsal on Sunday starting at nine o'clock, ten o'clock in the morning. And I told Frank, I'm, I can't be there till one o'clock because I don't mm. get done to, with church till one. And I go to church on the east side yeah. by the airport. He was like, okay, well, if you don't, if you're not here by one o'clock, you're not going to be in the show. Right. I said, okay. I showed up 115. I'm walking on. He started talking reckless. My mama pop out the wing. 
he told you that he wasn't going to be here till one o'clock. So do I need to take him home or not? Mm-hmm. No, we did the show. And from that Sunday forward, we, and I think still to this day, they don't have rehearsals on Sundays until one o'clock. That's not me being difficult. That's just like, like I said, when they was calling Frank a racist, that's just me not uh, conforming myself to what mm-hmm. I feel like I need to get. That's always the problem. The people before us had to shut up and do what they were mm-hmm. told to get opportunity. Factual. And they and they feel like, okay, well, now it's my turn to mm-hmm. tell somebody to do something stupid so they can give their opportunity. And, and, it, and it's broken because nobody was good enough to do that. Yeah. Didn't nobody make me do that. And mm-hmm. I was never going to do that. I'm not making nobody under me or anybody that I come in contact with, whether they're a student, an artist that I choreograph on, an artist that I collaborate with. No, we're not paying no dues. We're working. About the work. Facts. About the work, people. Facts. We're working. We're working. Yeah. So, no. Nah, I and, and if you can't if you can't articulate yourself and speak up, yeah. then you're not an artist. I think that that's the biggest thing to me. Um as as a community, I think we do need to do a better job of letting people understand that just because you don't speak like Sterling doesn't mean that you're not speaking up. I always encourage yeah. people to speak up all the time. You don't got to speak up like me. I'm loud. I'm rowdy. I'm a curse. That's that's Sterling. But that's also why people don't mess with me. But I have uh, one of my good friends, Stephanie. I We have been teaching her mm-hmm. how to speak up. And she don't cuss people out. She mm-hmm. just will send a very nice email. Yes, Lord. I just got to the point where no has just become a beautiful word. I'm just like, no. Nah, Boom. Nah, and it just be as simple as that. Yeah. And people have seen it. They ask Jerry do something, Jerry say, mm no. And they don't they don't ask again. That's it. But the Jerry's no, and the same as, as the same as Sterling going, motherfucker, what'd you just say to me? Mm. I say it again. No, I didn't think it's, so. It's, it's, and and I think that's that's key in in our expressing in our ability to express ourselves going going forward um in a way so we only got a couple minutes left peeps but i'm gonna pose this one question because i think it'll it'll kind of bring us all full circle what brings you joy oh my god the craft the craft i i fell into my first actual diagnosed depression at the top of the pandemic Hmm. like i i was fired from the cruise ship because of, of, again, of a situation similar to what we were just talking about. Somebody mm-hmm. said something out the way, and they thought that I wasn't <laughs> the one, <laughs> you know. But I'm ho- I, I came home, and Jerry, as you know, I yeah. ain't never had no regular job before. So to be home for months on end and not be able to create and have to work regular jobs and go through the hardships of being an adult and not having that real outlet of a rehearsal, of a show, of a workshop, a cabaret, a voice yeah. lesson, a dance class, a, a jam session, or what have like I couldn't even go to mm. the recording studio, bro. Like, and I didn't feel like myself. And it wasn't until really this past three weekends ago where I got to do James Brown, that James mm-hmm. Brown tribute at the Aurora. I did that and I cried at intermission. Mm. Broke like broke down and sobbed mm. and the and the stage hand was like what's wrong do we need to get anything did you hurt yourself and i just kept saying over and over again mm. i'm just so happy Ooh. i'm just so happy like i don't think 
there is anything else in the world that that brings me the warmth, the security, the joy, the the peace of mind, the the insert adjective here. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Like, you know, you know what I'm saying. Like, like, bro, it just be a different feeling. Cause I'm, I'm sure, like, the first time that y'all got to go back into your craft, whether it yeah. was the center of poetry, RJ, or uh, just to sing a song or do a monologue, or, J- or Jerry's first time you got back into yeah. like once on this island or something. I know y'all just felt so like, yeah. Oh, yeah. I, I think, um, kind of in that same vein. But the thing that's been bringing me the most joy is uh especially recently is is new discoveries um mm-hmm, uh, especially mm-hmm. as it relates to yes. myself you know i've I, I posted uh probably about a week ago uh about my my decision to really take my health like seriously uh a lot of people don't know like well sterling knows i i was i, I was a pretty big dude at a certain point you know in my life uh, and so much so, I want to say the <laughs> my nigga was big as hell. Respectfully so, <laughs> but Man, was, as, your, yeah. as your homie, I was I was, I was big. I was big. You, you, you know. was big as hell. Yeah, but you not appreciate now. that. Like, I'm so but the crazy thing is, most people don't know. I got real sick um, first semester of grad school, first or second semester of grad school. I got really sick. So much so when I took my like. Uh, my urine sample and I got the results back. The doctor was like, uh, she was a black lady. I'll never forget her. She's like, your urine is turbid. And I was like, I was like, Oh my God. I don't even know what that means. (laughs) Basically it was so bad. Like high cholesterol, high blood pressure. Like, I mean, like (laughs) hypertension out the wazoo y'all. Like it was, it was bad. Pretty much Jerry's had the urine of like a 65 year old stressed out. Yeah. I'm, I'm just all sorts of bad. So I decided to, you know, make a change and thank God, like my pastor at the time had created this program that was basically like teaching us how to eat plant-based and everything. And I've basically been using that for the past, what, uh, four or five years now. Uh, and tweaking it every so oh. slightly, you know, when I started, it was, I was at 265. I think I'm at like 190 something uh, and still finding oh. tweaks. But I think discoveries like that um, and then who I am and, and, and my artistry and all that, that brings me more joy. You know, I'm diving into music more so I'm writing uh, songs, my own songs, you know, I'm writing raps and stuff. And, you know, it's just I'm discovering the thing that I I didn't know was there. And that's a fun discovery just to kind of work through and, and whatnot. So that, yeah, that's that's what's bringing me joy. Jared, what what, what about you? What you got? You'll be be our last one. <laughs> Ooh. Um, I've been doing a lot of mental unpacking with, um, so last year, and of course there was a pandemic um, I lost three relatives. I lost my grandmother in the beginning of the year. Then I lost my one of my first mm-hmm. cousins. Uh, it's like March, and then my father passed away um, in July. And you know, me dealing my my father's death hit affected me the most, and like me trying to come into terms with the person that he was because 
my father and our relationship was really complicated. He was the person that abused me for from my age seven to fourteen. And so there was a lot of resentment and animosity. And then on top of the fact that when I came out to him and told him I was gay, um he didn't necessarily dis he didn't necessarily disown me or anything, but I could tell he struggled with that. And it was really through my father's death that I had to learn that my father didn't necessarily hate me, but it just because but my father didn't know how to love me the way that I needed to be loved. And that's because he wasn't given the tools to love me the way he needed to. That's why I say hurt people hurt people because the trauma and stuff that my father went through, since it was never assessed or taken care of, it caused him to trickle that trauma down to his children. And the one thing I love that my siblings and I are doing are actually going to therapy, talking with each other, letting us let each other know that we love each other and just, you know, giving ourselves the grace and time to figure things out. So I would say mental health and like uh just therapy, self-therapy, going to therapy has been like the biggest black boy joy in the past year for me because I think for me to go back and recall why certain things happen. Like, you know, when you find yourself in a, uh, a situation where you be like, I'm always finding myself in this problem. Instead of me being like, how the hell I'm gonna get out of this problem? The beautiful thing I've looked at is that the reason why I keep finding myself in this problem is because the world has given me an opportunity to finally learn the lesson that I've been missing every time I find myself in this situation. And, um, mm. I actually think like with doing this and going through all this uh, that I went through on top of last year, I also was, I had COVID and then also I was unemployed. So like you kind of like you started, I was in a very dark place last year, but just it yeah, will. Man. And I think just like you. with going through all this uh, practicing and studying mental health and giving myself the grace, it's just, it's beautiful to find yourself in a situation where you feel like you have mental stability and emotional intelligence. And um, yeah, just learning how your mind works and your purpose in this world. So I would say that has given me such an abundant amount of joy and like spreading all that through my podcast. Oh man, that was great guys. That was great. <laughs> I appreciate that. I appreciate. I mean, it's it's nice to hear uh, my my essentially my family. I mean, you guys are family to yeah. me. So, you but are, um, to to have y'all expressing that that joy, that light, because uh, it's in there. Even when the darkness is there, you know, it's it's right there. It's just like that little flicker that you just got to keep emulating and keep keep striving towards and. I mean, when that thing pops off and that joy, it it just mm -hmm. permeates so much, um, and it's infectious. I think that's what I mean. I, I I will never not think of us on that couch um, when we were doing that video and Marshall and us just genuinely mm. laughing and having a good time. That's always been a cool memory to me, um, and just having that moment to actually just say, you know what? Outside, the world is wild. But right now, I'm laughing with my my family and my brothers. It's a lovely thing, uh, despite what people may or may not say about us as black men. We we're dope. We're out here changing the world in our own way, um, and the respect and love that we have for each other. 
will always be there. So that that's a beautiful thing for me. So, um, but no, I guess, I mean, I definitely appreciate y'all coming on. Uh, this was definitely a dope, dope episode. Um, and I thank you both for coming on and, and, and taking the journey with me for a little bit. Um, I, I guess give where people can follow y'all, y'all's handles and everything. So the people can check y'all out, Sterling and Jared. Uh, yeah, Sterling is Flash Baker everywhere. I, Instagram, Twitter, Facebook is Sterling McClary. Um, and I'm also Flash Baker on Apple Music, Spotify, Tidal, and all places music. Um, I am Brody on Instagram, which is, but my handle is skip to my J. Lou. Very obnoxious, I know. <laughs> but it is what it is, and I'm not changing that shit for nobody. Um, on That's Facebook, right. you can look me up as Jared Brody, or you can go to our podcast page, Open Campus Live. Um, you can catch us on Spotify, iHeartRadio, um, and Amazon Music. All right, guys. Well, thank you so much again. All right, people. Uh, I'm going to take a quick break and go pay some bills, and then we'll be back for our BTR moment uh, to close out the show. Check it out. <laughs> Welcome back, guys. Welcome back. Welcome back. Welcome back. This is your BTR moment. This is your brief think release moment. This is kind of where we wrap everything all up in a nice bow and send you on your way. So uh, I had so much fun talking about Black Boy Joy. I think a lot of times we don't get to uh, express or outwardly express this sense of emotion and vulnerability uh, as it relates to black men. Uh, I know growing up a lot of times, uh, especially in sports, it's always men don't cry. We toughen up. We we push through and whatnot. And eventually that seeps into um, into ways that aren't aren't who we should be. Um, you know, I I can honestly say, you know, I love my brothers, Jared and Sterling. I even will tell them verbally, you know, I love you, man. I, I really appreciate that. But it it. I had to come to terms with that was okay to express such emotion and such feeling to someone who who knows me, who's a brother, who's a a, a friend, uh, and simply saying, you know what, I love you. Because one thing I've realized is in, in my 29 years of living is that life truly is short um, and anything could happen to any one of us at any given time. You have a stroke, an aneurysm, get hit by a car on your way to the McDonald's. Anything can happen. So it's okay to express that that joy or even that pain. It is okay because at the end of the day, you are human. You're going to feel those things. You're going to express those things, and you should be able to express them without consequence or without judgment. Um, and I'm thankful that I'm surrounding myself with some amazing black men who are on this journey with me to change the narrative of what it means to be a black man, especially a black man in our industry, and who's who's forging this this world of change that they want to see and that they want to live in. So again, shout out to my brothers Jared and Sterling for hopping on in to the table read today uh, and coming in on the show. I greatly appreciate it. So. Here's my encouragement for all my black men out there. Be vulnerable. Simple as put. Be vulnerable. Feel. 
love, express it, express your concerns, express your your anger in a in a positive way. Now, don't don't be going off the handles and and doing none too left. I ain't saying that, but simply allow yourself to exist and be unapologetic about being a simple black man that is filled with so much joy. All right, y'all, that is the BTR moment for this episode. Thank you guys so much for tuning in. Again, check us out on all podcast platforms uh, and follow us on social media at Black Table Read. Shout out again to my sister and my homie, Miss Lydia, the queen of shade. I miss you, miss you, miss you. I can't wait to see you on the next episode. But y'all keep it locked. We're coming out with more heat for the season three. We just getting warmed up. So peace and love, y'all. And I'll check y'all out soon. Peace.